Hello, and welcome to the Grazia Fashion Podcast, Why I Wear It. I'm your host, Laura Antonia Jordan, Fashion and Lifestyle Features Director at Grazia. I love to talk about the feelings behind why we wear the things we wear. And here we do exactly that. This week, you're getting double LJ for your buck. My guest today is the wonderful Miss Laura Jackson. She's a presenter, a design collaborator, who's hooked up with brands such as Rixo and Label Mix on capsule collections. She's a supper club hostess. She's an influencer with 145,000 followers. She's also an entrepreneur. Last year, Laura launched Glassette, an online homeware platform which curates an amazing mix of independent homeware designers and brands. As she told Grazia, there are so many brands out there now. It feels like this is the time to celebrate these makers and put them on an interesting platform to build a community of like-minded home lovers. In this episode, she talks about the lengths she'll go to for a great buy, and bought two huge bags full of stuff, including a paper sphere light orb thing that was so big, I actually had to sit with it on my knee and I couldn't see the seat in front of me. But you know, needs must, loves the homeware. Why everyone should be welcome to enjoy great design. I want to democratize an industry that has predominantly been about one type of person, if you've got loads of money. And COVID really changed all of that and dressing for the job you want. I wanted to power dress. I wanted to look the part and feel the part because if I felt the part, it was going to happen. I'm a huge believer in kind of manifestation and all of those types of things. Hello, Laura Jackson. Welcome to Why I Wear It. Thank you for being here today. It's a delight to have you. And I was just saying double LJ bang for your buck in this episode. Always two LJs is better than one LJ. (laughs) Yes, and as I've said before, we can always, you're the only person I can re-gift monogrammed gifts to. (laughs) As you know, I'm more interested in the why we're wearing the things that we do and what it says about us than necessarily what we're wearing. So I always ask everybody, why are you wearing what you're wearing right now? I would love to tell you that I think about these things in such a informed way but I actually don't maybe there is some sort of meaning behind it and it's a bit devil wears Prada where it's like that's not just the blue belt but <laughs> yeah I always think to myself I just need to look as respectable as possible so I thought right I was going to curl my hair this morning because it has been an age actually I've not this year properly brushed conditioned and blow dried and curled my hair so this is the very first time and I thought well if we're talking about clothes and fashion. I need to make a bit more of an effort. <laughs> <laughs> I feel very, very touched. You say you don't think about it, but I always think you look amazing. Would you say that you are an emotional dresser? Like you're, you're just drawn inexplicably to something? That's really kind of you because I always don't think that I look that great. And even when I look back at things that I've worn a week ago, I'm like, oh God, I look like a dog's dinner. I feel like I'm maybe an emotional dresser in terms of I like to feel comfortable and I like to feel warm as well. I remember my going out in Huddersfield days where I'd literally go out in what could only be described as a tea towel. Whereas now I think... (laughs) 
I want to be as warm as and, and comfortable as possible. So that very much dictates what I'm wearing. You know, I wake up in the morning. If the house is cold, which it usually is, I do normally wear lots of layers. I'm always wearing one of those Uniqlo heat tech t-shirts that I've got on underneath today. I always wear that under whatever I'm wearing if it's cold. And then I'll try to wear something, I don't know, yeah, a bit chic on top. And I recently just got into accessorizing. I'm not really that, I've never really been that bothered about jewelry, but I think as I've got older, I've really, I've really thought about jewelry and what that adds to an outfit. But I do get dressed so quickly. I've got two kids. One's one and the other one is two. I just don't have that time in the morning anymore. And I do think I need to quickly get dressed before I get the kids up, because if I don't, then it gets to 8.30 and I'm still not dressed. And when you've got two small people, that is the middle of the day. So I always get dressed before the kids get up. And if I'm working from home, which we all have been a lot recently, I don't really make that much of an effort. So I do try and think, come on, Laura, put some nice clothes on if you're going out for dinner, treat yourself. Would you say that since you had the kids and you have a dog, (laughs) you're sense of style or your approach to getting dressed has changed I don't I don't think so not not that I'm aware of I probably got lazier <laughs> I've got lazier <laughs> I've got no excuse <laughs> and I don't have time to really get dressed in the morning I do really love clothes I've obviously been watching and just like that with the rest of the world and it has made me think oh I do really like clothes why don't I make more of an effort anymore but I think COVID's happened the children have happened I've got multiple things going on at work. I am a firm believer in dress for the job that you want. So when I have got something important in my day, I do think it's really important to make an effort. But yeah, I'm not overanalyzing my outfits. I'm not getting options on the bed and trying on different things. I do not have time for that. I'm really interested that you just said that you think you look like a dog's dinner. (laughs) And it reminded me of a conversation we had at a dinner in the summer. It was so lovely to be sat with you. I was feeling particularly vulnerable. And we were all talking about how we see ourselves versus how the world sees us. And it's like, I would not think that you would think you look like a dog's dinner. Do you know, do you know what I mean? A bit like how I was saying that. Like, I always feel like the real like loser at everything that I go to. You know, it's fascinating to me, the impressions that the world sees versus how we think about ourselves. Now, what would you say if you're having a day where you're feeling a bit wobbly, what would be something that you would wear where you're like, that is going to work for me? Yeah. Well, first of all, you're not a loser. And (laughs) um, yeah, it's really weird, isn't it? How we see ourselves. I do feel like you can exert confidence with an outfit my mum's always said to me if you're not sure just put some lipstick on and you know it's the sort of thing that mums mums say can I even say that as a mum I don't know but it does work it really does work and I do think that if I to myself think oh I feel like I'm this is a good day in an outfit or how I'm looking then I do feel a sense of confidence that comes with that. And that is quite empowering and and it is lovely. One thing that I was thinking about was that during the pandemic, and I interviewed you early days, (laughs) 
when we didn't know. I say it like it's all done. During lockdown, I actually really thought a lot about who we wear clothes for, which ties into what you're just saying about lipstick, because I did wear makeup, even though I lived on my own. I had to get dressed to maintain some sort of sense of control. Who would you say you get dressed for? Does an audience matter to you? Or is it for Laura? I think a bit of both. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't for other people and it was just for myself. I think there's something that is empowering about the way that your outfit can make you feel. But I'm also a firm believer in dress for the job that you want. If I've got a really important business meeting or, you know, I've just gone out for investment for Glassette, I wouldn't wear a tracksuit. That doesn't feel right for me. I wanted to power dress. I wanted to look the part and feel the part because if I felt the part, it was going to happen. I'm a huge believer in kind of manifestation and all of those types of things. So I feel like if you're dressing for that job that you want, it might help you get that job or it will help you believe that you're going to get that job. And I really like that feeling. I don't actually wear a lot of makeup. I really love skincare. I'm massively into skincare. I love a good face oil and a moisturizer and a leg exfoliator. And I feel like that's always my, have a nice hour to yourself, which is very rare, you know, having a bath and doing all of those nice things. I feel like, oh, that will go to bed. And that makes me feel really, really good. And like, I've been kind to myself, which isn't about dressing or putting makeup on it's kind of like the opposite but it does have that effect of I'm looking after myself dressing for other people isn't important in I'm not bothered if they say oh you know where's that skirt from or you look great or whatever but it's dressing for people so they know that you know I mean business I'm I'm here I've arrived rather than them validating the actual outfit I feel like it's more of a validating me in that place where I am. Well, let's talk about Glassette. Congratulations. Please, would you be able to describe it in your words? Glassette is a homeware marketplace. We launched in November of 2021 and we sell 150 UK independent homeware brands. And it is very exciting and going extremely well. It's fantastic. Would you say, I've actually seen you shopping for both in Copenhagen, (laughs) getting very excited by it. I feel like it was a shop that sold like pegs or something. (laughs) What was it? I have the weirdest obsessions about so many things from coat pegs, glass vases, saucers. I mean, it is ridiculous. I just love things. I actually think you are talking about when I went to Hay and bought two huge bags full of stuff, including a paper sphere light orb thing (laughs) that was so big. I actually had to sit with it on my knee and I couldn't see the seat in front of me, but you know, needs must, loves the homeware. Yeah. I've always really, really, really liked homeware. And I was at home breastfeeding my three week old baby looking for beautiful things to buy for my house. And I came across great Instagram sellers, independent neighborhood shops, other bricks and mortar store that have e-commerce. And I was like, why isn't there just one place that sells all of this really great stuff that curates it for me and kind of shows me how to style it. And I just thought, oh, I'm going to do that because 
it's a great idea. And that's kind of how it started. It's not just about creating a marketplace where people can shop. We've got, you know, we're, we're doing lots of things internally about sustainability and where things are made and how things are made and who makes them. And I want to democratize an industry that has predominantly been about one type of person. If you've got loads of money and COVID really changed all of that, 99.9% of people have a home. It might look very different, but these walls that we surround ourselves with bring us joy in as much as clothes are an expression of our personality. So are our homes, especially now. And I just want to democratize a space where everybody can come and shop and feel comfortable. And most people love their homes and love talking about their homes as well. Yeah, ho- hopefully we're we're changing a, an industry as well as building a brilliant marketplace where people can shop. First of all, I just want to say to the listeners that it's true. Seeing Laura getting on a plane with a massive light shade was a slapstick joy. <laughs> but there was another shop and it sold something so, it wasn't hay, it was somewhere else I was thinking about that sold something so specific, <laughs> like tea towels or something like that. that I was like, okay, I guess we're, we're same name, different, <laughs> different jam. Anyway. I love how you talk about democratizing design. And that's actually something the Scandinavians do really, really, really well. And when I interviewed you last year, I've been several times, I know Laura personally and professionally, (laughs) you said, so long as you love it, it doesn't matter if a cushion was given to you by a neighbor, you got it on eBay for a fiver, or it was really expensive. You do it because it makes you happy. I'm such a firm believer in that, which I think is a really beautiful sentiment and just as so people can feel so intimidated by fashion they can feel that around interiors as well so I think it's a a really positive thing that you're doing and thank you as you say like you know everyone has somewhere to live and you have a right to make that place a home you know homeware has been so stuffy and old and boring hasn't it and it's like guys wake up like catch up with what's happening with the rest of the world. And I just didn't feel that there was a place that was reflective to what's actually going on. You don't have to be this one type of person to talk or enjoy your home or have lots of money to buy nice things for your house. I think that that's really important. And, you know, there's there's some things that are quite expensive on Glasset and there's other really amazing entry-level products that people can buy. And, you know, in time, you want to talk about how to style them and how to incorporate them into your home and how to do some tips and tricks to make your place as joyous as possible without having to break the bank. So it's really, really exciting. And as you know, I love people, love building communities. And I'm, you know, across every aspect of Glasset and I'm really, really enjoying it. I've learned so much over the past year building this business, more than I think that I've ever learned in my whole life. But I mean, I did go to Leeds Metropolitan University to study events management. So that's not really say much, but um, I feel like I've done a business degree over the last year. Well, I wanted to ask you about the last year because obviously we see the the finished result. They're like, hey, look, it's launched. And I know you've been slogging away. Can you tell me a bit about that? And also like how you got dressed for when that time when you were heads down and doing all that, the sacrifice? 
yeah, I feel like I've made so many sacrifices over the last year. I've hardly seen anybody. I've not really been out. I'm surprised I've still got any friends left, to be honest. And I was such a pillar in my friendship groups, always having people around, always going out, or always the person organizing the dinner, sending new restaurants. But, you know, the last year I haven't really done that. I've had my head down and I've just been working, working, working. I feel like, I don't know if it's a Northern thing, maybe it's an every person thing, but we're always taught at school up North that you get out what you put in. So you work hard and you'll be rewarded. But sometimes that means I'm working myself into the ground because I don't feel like I'm worthy of success unless I've worked every hour in the day. Having like two kids and a dog and a husband, not putting them into like the category of work, but you know, life is hectic. And trying to manage and juggle all of these things can feel pretty overwhelming at times. And that hasn't always left much oil in the tank for me. One thing that I did decide to do, I think it was September, October of last year, was to actually start exercising to give my day a bit more structure. Even So it was only I did three mornings a week, which takes organizing because I have to get childcare and sorting that out with my husband. But I just thought I needed to do something that gets me up with a clear head every morning. And that would also mean that in the times where I did feel a bit stressed or everything was overwhelming and too much, I wouldn't just sit down and have a glass of wine because I knew I was getting up to go to the gym the next morning. So everything kind of had a like a positive effect from getting up and exercising. But that meant that most of the time, very unlike me, I was in gym gear and my mum bought me some sweaty petty black pants and a little like matching like all the gear no idea little matching top and for three days a week out of the five weekdays I was in gym gear so the two days that I wasn't I kind of was either in a nice top and tracksuit bottoms or just in that sport like in the Laura sports gear (laughs) of my Huddersfield days which I absolutely loved so I didn't I feel like I've not really made much of an effort because once I don't know about everybody listening, but I am lazy. And once I've gone up, got up, gone to the gym, my gym clothes, I'm not coming home and getting changed. Can't be bothered. Oh, I'm just going to stay in them all day. By the way, I'm lifting weights. So I'm not like running, running, running and sweating. And I'd have a shower that evening. So I feel like this is a very un me, but gym clothes. Who'd have thought it? (laughs) I love the sort of illusion of new self that I feel every time I'm like, the new me works out. She's going to buy all this gym gear. And then guess what? This Laura just doesn't. (laughs) But also I hate that new me thing. I think that's just such a load of crap. Like just, I I don't categorize yourself into anything. I, I think we, you just have to be agile and nimble but you don't have to be ticking other boxes of like your personality type says who I hate like oh they say I'm like who's they I don't do anything on my own Laura I'm like I know that you know this but I'm from a big family life is hectic and I love it that way I do not do solo things at all I go to the toilet with the door open and people always say well you know what they say (laughs) well no I don't because I don't know who they is you know what they say it's really important to spend time on your own I'm like that is bullshit (laughs) so I just think don't be saying to yourself about new Laura or whatever just do whatever you want just be happy whatever that looks like you just said about dressing for the job you want so you do also have to do meetings when you're doing that, what would you say that you would wear that would make you feel kind of empowered? Like, you know, 
I've, I've got this. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like I've been a bit contradictory in, in the fact that I am a bit of a slob and will wear my gym clothes and my tracksuits, but then obviously I do have meetings as well. I don't think it is contradictory though, because I feel like we're, we're multifaceted, right? It's kind of... Yeah. I don't have set anything. One thing I always think is I always want to be a good person. I want to do the right thing and I want to be happy and positive and empower people. Those like types of personality traits I hope will never go. They are not nimble. Um, but those like, oh, sometimes I'm messy. Sometimes I'm tidy. You know, that is, is super flexible. Sometimes I dress really smartly. Sometimes I look like an absolute slob. I mean, there's been a couple of times this week where I've actually had to apologize on Zoom and said, guys, I've actually had COVID and I look like I've been dragged through a hedge backwards. Please don't judge me on this. Um, but that's usually like with the Glasset team and everyone will laugh and then they'll be like, no, you look great. I'm like, you're all lying, but that's fine. And then, yeah, there's those times where I do have those business meetings where I'm dressing for the job that I want. And I don't really know. I like, I can't, I can't give you a specific outfit. I think it's just something that makes me feel like I don't look 12 that it looks like I've actually taken the time to get dressed and care. I think that that's really important. I guess it's, yeah, those things rather than what I'm actually wearing. I've, I've, I've really struggled with telly in the past when you know, I did some shows early in my career and it was very much about wearing a dress or wearing a skirt. And I, I used to really just want to wear a pair of trousers or a suit or something. And, you know, I, I kind of felt that I had to, I don't know, be more of that person that is kind of like dresses and flowery and all of that kind of stuff. Whereas now I feel like as I've kind of moved on with my career and I can wear the trousers and the the suits and the, you know, the shoulder pads and the all black and it's, I don't have to explain myself. And that feels nice. One of the things that I love about getting dressed is that I really disagree with this idea that style is about having a uniform. You know, I think it does change with your mood and with the occasion. That's harder to do, I think, in your home. You know, I think one of the things people struggle with is it feels like much more of a commitment. And I just wondered if you had any advice to people who might have a similarly, let's say, eclectic taste. <laughs> like myself, as to how to sort of mix it up a bit if you're worried about being stuck or something feels like too much of a commitment in the house? Yeah, I think at home, though, actually, the same with your clothes, I think it's about just having those things that don't tie you down. Like, if you're not sure about a tattoo, like, I wouldn't get a tattoo across my face. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, Would you not? if you're not sure about painting, like, the outside of your house, like, just, you, uh, that's probably a really bad analogy, but I'm just thinking of, it, it's about having things that are easily removable. So, you know, you may be thinking about getting a full tattoo sleeve, like, why not buy a really cool sheer top that's, like, got, like, embroidered flowers all over it and see what that looks like. And I think with home, you can kind of test those waters as well. I really like the colour orange, but I don't know if it's going to be too much. Can I rent a rug or buy a really inexpensive rug from Ikea and lie that down and, and see what that looks like? Take it back if it's not right. and. It's about those pieces that can kind of 
they're a bit more mobile around your house. Plants have such a huge impact on a space. They're great for our mental health. They're great for cleaning the air. They're easily transportable around a multitude of rooms in the house and they add that real pop of colour with green. So it's about investing in those pieces that have mobility and are not stuck there, putting things on your mantelpiece, getting a vase in a certain colour, you know, even going as far as doing your own painting. I remember during lockdown, I bought some really inexpensive canvases from online and I did some kind of stripes and colours that I really liked. It's still on the wall. My husband hates it, but I really, <laughs> I really love it. But that was a really great way to play with colour that wasn't expensive. We just, you know, painted a canvas essentially. Yeah, cushions, throws. I feel like a home is all about a collection of things that you love that you treasure and that you layer over time. So it's not about going to one shop, buying everything from that shop and then just put it in your house. It's about maybe you're out with your girlfriends, you go to a vintage shop, you buy a beautiful vase, they put that in your house. You find a beautiful rug online from Glassette, you put that in your house and you build those layers over time. And then I remember Dolly Auderton saying once that your house is the film set of your life. And that really struck a chord with me because it is, it's where we play out so much of what happens to us dinner with girlfriends, watching movies, just all of it. And that takes time to kind of build those layers and those kind of personalities and little quirks in your home. So I think it's just starting with things that are inexpensive and building up. One really inexpensive way to do that is by using colourful frames on a really simple wall. If you've got a white wall, you don't want to paint it, but you really like the colour red, you could easily paint your um, frames in a red gloss and that adds a pop of colour that adds a, a, a kind of a pop of your personality as well. But just thinking about all those little things. Do you believe in the notion of any rules at all when it comes to style, either in the home or for getting dressed? No. I imagine I know the answer. Yeah, no. <laughs> Don't really like rules. She's a rebel. No, not, not <laughs> that. Do you know what? I, I think... The only bad taste for me is no taste when you're just not bothered and don't care about anything. Don't care about what it looks like, what it feels like or how, you know, all of those things that to me, that's a, I'm not interested in that, but you know, whatever your taste is, it's so subjective and there's no right or wrong. I firmly, firmly believe that. Yeah. I interviewed the wonderful Lucinda Chambers last year at home and she said that's a very similar thing and that she was like, I don't really believe in good or bad taste. What I believe in is she called it ghastly good taste, which is just when you're so aware of good taste that it sort of loses all personality. And that really resonated with me. Yeah. And it must be really, if you're somebody who is, uh, you know, a style icon and, you know, in your home and with what you wear and, you know, everything that you do, that just must feel like a huge amount of pressure. But again, that's just really subjective because what I might like as wallpaper, you might absolutely think is hideous, but that's not right or wrong. That's just our taste. And I think that I really like that. I like people who are bold in their decision-making, even if, you know, they decided, I I love this wallpaper with boobs all over it and I'm like I'm not sure about that but I love that you love it I love that you love it that that's what I love so you just mentioned the word pressure and like you do have a massive following do I though I don't think I don't think I do well I think it is okay so massive compared to me and most people does that ever affect your 
decision making about what you're going to put out there. I again, either in what you're going to show of your home or what you're wearing. Like, do you, do you think about the eyes of other people in that sense? Yeah, I have to now. I have to. I didn't used to. Having my children's made me more aware of things that I say and the importance of words and how powerful they are. If I would say to my daughter, I'll usually bribe her with a jelly baby. You know, I'll say, look, you're going to help me put all of these clothes away. Let's fold them. <laughs> let's sit down together. If you do it, I'll give you a jelly baby. Five minutes later, she's like, where's my jelly baby? She remembers <laughs> everything. So the power of words have become really important to me and what they mean when I say them and how I say them. And that has kind of mirrored onto social media. Like, you know, I think, and I think that that's been really great for me because I am Northern and a bit loud and, you know, have previously said exactly what I have thought, which is not always great sometimes. Really nice to be honest, but you don't need to be that honest all the time. (laughs) And I, I suppose like the privacy thing as well, you know, like people, I don't show pictures of my children. So I very much think about that. But I do feel like I have a sense of openness on social media and and I, and I really like that. I'm quite, I like to, I like to share things. Obviously I keep a lot of things private because they're private. They're about my family or my friends or, but I feel like I'm pretty open. I, I feel like it's a small community of people, but I have no trouble on Instagram whatsoever. I've never, ever had any trouble on Instagram. I'm not on Twitter but I've never dealt with any bad comments, really. Oh, someone once said that I look like I've got a face like a horse when I once did this morning, which is true. I've never had any any bad comments, and I feel like that is part and parcel of... I do think about what I put out there. I never talk about my weight. I never I will never talk about, like, oh, I look great. I'm not really like that in real life, so I don't think I, I would put that out there on social media. I try to be... I try to be modest and humble and kind and transparent and share things and get back to people and talk about things with people. I feel like for me, it's a community-based platform and at the heart of any community is a lovely big heart and that's important to me. Someone once said I had a a dull voice, so that's brilliant for hosting a podcast. (laughs) Oh my God. Thanks, Shane, 47371 (laughs) underscore wherever. (sighs) Someone at school wrote on the toilet walls that I was a horrible slag or something, which was a bit tricky. I was about 11, but, you know, never mind. Um, I'm a massive firm believer in if somebody is not being very kind, it's a projection of how they're feeling about themselves. And I very much feel like if anybody does say anything to me, which is very, very rare about I don't know, whatever it could be. Obviously my instant reaction is like, what? That's really horrible. But then my second reaction, which is the most important reaction is like, I'm really sorry that you feel like this, that you feel that you're, you feel so unhappy that you're projecting that onto me and trying to make me feel how you feel because you don't feel great. And you don't have the power to change how that person is behaving towards you, but you have the power to say, okay, that's not great. I'm not going to react. And I'm sorry that you feel like that. And then just put it to bed and walk away. And I feel like as I've got older, I've got less reactive as towards, why are you being horrible to me? Or that's really mean, or that's really this. And now I just think, wow, I'm, I hope you're okay. That's kind of how I try and see it. As my younger, wiser sister, Olivia, who you know, would say, I'm not a happy person because a happy person doesn't act like that. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There is a real warmth to you that comes across an authenticity and honesty in your 
in your like public persona, but I know pers- I'm lucky enough to know that that is you. And I do really think that I really appreciate the honesty with which you say, like you've had to work for stuff or, you know, about sacrifices and stuff and that you're, you, I think you're very stylish, very glamorous, but there's like a goofiness to you as well. So I think you're doing a sterling job on the Instagram, Laura, <laughs> and beyond. Thanks, Laura Jordan. I think Instagram's going to be pretty big. <laughs> Today, would you say you get more of a thrill shopping for clothes or for the home? Oh, for the home, every day of the week. Yeah, would much rather buy a vase than a skirt now. Really? What was the last thing you added to your wardrobe and to your house? Um, the last thing I added to my wardrobe, God, I actually don't. Oh, I know what I bought. It was a real investment, but it was the matches Ray oversized Navy coat. And I was, I really, really wanted it. And it's been, I've wanted it for about two years. It's always been in my basket in matches. And I've just thought it's just so expensive. Right. And then every time it'd come, it'd email me saying back in stock and I'd be like, oh, I'd spend like five minutes thinking about it being like, oh, it's really expensive. And then I'd go, but I've wanted it for so long, just buy it. And then I go back and it's sold out. So it came in after two years again. I was like, don't be tight, just buy it. So I bought it and I absolutely love it. And I've worn it every day since. So it was an investment buy, but one I will have for years and goes with everything. And I always think, that a good coat is important because it goes over whatever you're wearing. A good coat is brilliant. I, that's why I never understand when girls want to go out without their coat. The coat is everything. <laughs> I've got so many coats. My husband's like, I don't know how you have so many coats. And he comes comes out sometimes and he's like, when have you worn this? And I'm like, no, it's when am I going to wear it? And it's tomorrow, so put it back. <laughs> um, and um, and then for the home, what did I buy? Oh, I've got so many things in my basket at Glassette. I've got this amazing new brand who sells these kind of face plates. So I've got those in my basket. I've got a, a Musum rug in my basket. And what else have I got in there? Oh, I've got an amazing print. So yeah, though, I think that I'll get those today, but I'm trying to not buy too much for the house. And yes, I do buy everything full price on Glassette. I was going to say, at least you get a discount, surely. <laughs> No, no, because we're working, we, we don't, we've got small margins and we work with independent sellers. So it's not possible. We're not a big high, you know, we're not a big high street store who are getting things made overseas. It's just those small margins and someone's got to pay for them. So yeah, I, I pay full price. You'd made me laugh the other day when you were saying about going into the office and <laughs> about what do people do in an office when were you moaning over the microwave and everything as you said you might be oh my god Laura I've never had a job in an office like properly like full-time I've never had an office job right I've always had jobs my mum's made me had a job since I was like 12 like delivering leaflets like you name it always had a job babysitting cleaning whatever it is but I've never had a job in an office I did some work experience when I was at university. I did a year at events management company, but I worked in different areas within this company. And one was in the office, but I was only there for maybe like three months. So that's my longest office stint of all time. I've managed to avoid it. It was, I always said to myself when I was younger, my worst nightmare would be going into a desk with a picture of my family on it every day at nine and leaving at five. Like I do not 
cannot do that in any way, shape or form. It's just not me. <laughs> and now I'm like, what do I do in an office? And I'm like really excited. And then I go up to people I'm like, oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> and they just think that I'm obviously ridiculous. But um, uh, yeah, I'm not in full time because I'm um, just managing a multitude of things. But um, yeah, I'm in there two and a half days a week. And it's, yeah, it's really great. And it's nice getting dressed and having somewhere to go. It's like, I kind of really, I, I love good culture. Like I love office culture in terms of the community and the togetherness and people being around the table and bouncing ideas. I, that makes me so excited. If I was going to an office on my own, I'd literally, I don't know what I'd do. I'd be like, I'd probably be making paper swans out of the toilet roll. That's what I'd be doing. <laughs> and thinking about ways to sell them and start a new business. That is how <laughs> mental my brain is. But um, I'm enjoying it and I'm enjoying not looking like, you know, dog's dinner. <laughs> People, just you wait though till there's squabbling over the meeting rooms. And who's used my milk? <laughs> I know. Oh my we'll God. We'll touch back on the office. I and also, no, I love it too. Well, milk's so expensive now, isn't it? Because no one's just having the cow stuff. Everyone's having, you know, barista oatly or whatever. <laughs> so it's literally like a pound a drop. So yeah, there are going to be arguments over the milk. It's a real treat. I feel like I've abused my platform as an opportunity to catch up as well. So thank you. The final thing I ask everybody is why do clothes matter? But since we've talked about interiors as well, let's expand it a bit. Like, why do clothes, why does style, why do the things around us matter in that sense? I feel like an expression of our personality is, is really important and it gives us a creative outlet. In terms of that straight question as, as in, you know, like, do clothes matter? It's like kind of no, but what they, their like expression means and the fact that you can wear your personality and create positivity in the world or internally just by wearing bright colors. I think that's really important and really, really magical. And again, with your, with your home, just painting your walls a different color or buying that large indoor plant. I think it's just those things that personally spark you joy are really important. And the more joy that we can spread in the world, the more happiness, I mean, the better. Thank you for spreading a bit of it yourself. It's delight to have you on. Thank you, Laura Jackson. Thanks, Laura. A huge thank you to my dear friend, Laura Jackson, for being my guest today. You can follow Laura at I am Laura Jackson. And don't forget to check out Glassette. You won't regret it. The website is glassette.com and that's at Glassette on Instagram. G-L-A-S-S-E-T-T-E. And thank you for listening. Please rate and review Grazia Fashion, Why I Wear It, wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps people find us and gets the word out there. I'm Laura Antonia Jordan. I'll see you next time. <laughs>